0: It's Friday, and we are just one day away from the start of spring practice for the Cincinnati Bearcats. I'll tell you what I think your expectations should be for this team. Plus, I got a topic on the importance of conference tournaments as opposed to maybe winning a regular season title is more important and more significant in college basketball, especially with the Bearcats moving to the Big 12. And it is Friday, March 4th, Final Four. I've got my top four games, teams, upsets, and play-slash-moments from the past about 40 years of the NCAA tournament since it went to 64 teams in the mid-80s. It's all coming up on Locked On Bearcats. You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well we thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. It is Friday, March the 4th of 2022. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you. It is the it is the best month of the year and if the Big South Conference tournament first round did not prove that on Wednesday night, I'm not sure what will three games went to overtime. One The other one was decided on a buzzer beater, and that was just the first round alone. By the way, Charleston Southern UNC Asheville, worst defensive box out I have ever seen. It wasn't even a box out. If you didn't see the end of that game, Google it, YouTube it, after you checked out uh, Lockdown Bearcats on YouTube. Um, I mean, just how do you not? There were five guys at the rim, and they didn't box out. the the player on Charleston Southern who got the offensive rebound. I mean, it's just like he just magically got a gift from the sky without even trying. He was just standing right there. Like box your man out anyway. Um, Cincinnati Bearcats football defense would never, they would never let a receiver get that wide open. I mean, it's unbelievable. Anyway, that's where we'll start today. Um, Bearcats played SMU last night. I recorded this, though, before the game. So at this moment, I don't have anything on the game at this moment of recording. But I'll, I'll, I'll definitely touch on that next week when we look ahead to the conference tournament, because you never know. Cincinnati could be a bid stealer. Did you expect Georgetown to win the Big East tournament last year? No. Do you expect um, Oregon State to win the Pac-12 tournament? They did. Uh, anyway, so your expectations for Bearcats football next year should still be to win a conference championship. I just got to alert that my sister beat me in the, in the wordle. Oh, that's always fun. Um, the, It should be to win a conference championship. You can't go to the um, Big 12 on the heels of – a six and six season, but given that this program has played for a conference championship three years in a row, and I think that is significant. When you look at conference, when you look at teams that have played in a conference championship game three years in a row, and we can go through the Power Five conferences. Clemson is not. Give me an email, sorry. Clemson is not. Ohio State is not. Alabama has not. Georgia has not. I mean, Cincinnati having played in three straight conference championship games. Now, I don't want to hear, well, you play in the American. You know how tough the American was in 2019? You had four teams in the top 25 with two weeks to go. I'm talking about the college football playoff top 25, not the AP top 25. And then 2020 in a truncated season, the bullseye is squarely on your backs. And you run the table in the regular season and get to the conference championship. That's significant too. And then last year, and again, say the Americans not tough. Whatever. As soon as UCB Notre Dame, this the bullseye was squarely on the was squarely on them. I mean, they Cincinnati had every ounce of pressure on them every single game. And more often than not, they dominated their opponent. Playing in three straight conference championship games has created this expectation. And you know what? You should say the American. You should say to yourself as a Bearcats fan, okay, who else is as good as Cincinnati in the American? You want to say Houston's going to be better this year? Fine. You want to say UCF is going to bounce back here? Fine. You want to say Memphis can be good? Fine. You want to say all that? Fine. Yeah, Cincinnati still has the best coach. Cincinnati still has the best fan base. Cincinnati still has the most pedigree. Cincinnati still has the best team. Your expectations for the final year in the American Athletic Conference. And that's something, too. The final season of the American Athletic Conference. You cannot go out 9-3 and and 4th place in the American. That'll get you to maybe the Gasparilla Bowl, which sounds all great with the name. It's really not in terms of the exposure that game gets. You want to finish... In the – sorry for my text going off, too. A lot of stuff happening right now. Um, uh, You want to um, go out knowing that you leave a legacy in this conference, that you dominated it. The Bearcats did do that to a degree in Conference USA before moving to the Big East. If you remember 2019, they were in the Big Conference USA for 10 years eight regular season titles, four conference tournament titles. Cincinnati left their mark in that conference. They're leaving their mark in the American athletic conference right now. And the teams, by the way, the teams that are all leaving this conference have done so too. But recency bias with Cincinnati, your expectation should be, oh, who else is as good as us, the American? Again, you have the best coach. You have the best stadium, home field advantage. You have the best fans. And quite frankly, you've the best program right now. You are you are the two-time defending conference champions. You are a coming off a college football playoff appearance. I mean, think about how significant that is or should be. And I get it, this is a reloading year. But this team should still finish 10 and 2 at least. Your expectations should be to play for a conference championship game. Quite frankly, your expectation should be for this team to win a conference championship. Because you can say, like I've already mentioned, Houston could be better. Memphis could be good. UCF could be good. Cincinnati's won the last two conference championship games. UCF has not played for a conference championship since 2018. Memphis has not played for one since 2019. I get it. They went to three straight. But Cincinnati has the opportunity to leave its mark on this conference before moving to the Big 12. Power 5 conferences will like that. It's like when a head coach goes from a mid-major program to a major program leaving their mark at a school. Mick Cronin, in essence, did that at Cincinnati before going to UCLA. He rebuilt Cincinnati's program, stayed for 13 years, and look at what he's doing now at UCLA. He has them going to the NCAA tournament for a second straight year. And had COVID not wiped out the NCAA and conference tournaments in 2020, they probably would have made it that year too. Look at what Mick Cronin's doing at UCLA. And that team was – and that program was not in great shape when he got there. You have the opportunity to leave your mark on this conference. The expectations for you as a fan should be for this Team 20 conference championship. When you win conference championships – like. The Bengals, Bengals fans now should have the expectation that they should win a playoff game every year and contend to go to the Super Bowl. There are now Super Bowl aspirations within, this, within that franchise. There are conference championships and playoff expectations within the Bearcats football program, or at least there should be. Because I guarantee you, they're not thinking what you might be thinking. Well, it's a reloading year, you know, if we don't win a conference championship, okay. Don't think that the, that this team is thinking that. Luke Fickle said before the 2018 season that he thought that team could play for a conference championship. Justin Williams, you know, my, my good friend from The Athletic. Maybe yours, too. If you read his work, he is – should be a good friend of yours. He is phenomenal. He admitted when Luke Fickle said in, before the 2018 season – that he thought that team could play for a championship. He thought that was a little overrated or a little too – I'm sorry, a little too ambitious. He admitted he was wrong. That team was in contention for a conference championship prior – up until the second-to-last game of the season. And they were just overwhelmed by UCF. That was no big deal. But it's not if they said, okay, eh, we're not as good as them yet. They've beaten them three straight years since then. And last year they flat-out kicked their ass. So your expectation should be for this team to reload and compete for a conference championship. Your expectation should be for this team to play for a conference championship because once you get there, so many things have to go your way. You saw Georgia last year. We all thought they were the presumptuous SEC champion. Nope. Alabama was better in that game. A lot has to go your way to win a conference championship. A lot has to go your way to win a playoff game and go on a Super Bowl run in the NFL playoffs. The Bengals experienced that firsthand. A lot has to happen once you get to the Final Four. Gonzaga had to fight tooth and nail to beat UCLA, and then they could not keep up with Baylor in the national championship game. But your expectation should be for this team to compete for a conference championship game. They've been to three straight championship games, which not a lot of college football programs can say. In fact, I wonder how many teams can say they've been to three straight conference championship games in each of the ten conferences in college football. They've won two straight conference championships. I wonder how many teams can say that. You see, it is good to be a Cincinnati Bearcats. Oklahoma can't say they've been to three straight conference championship games. And they win the Big 12 seemingly every year. I mean, they won the Big 12 in 2017, 2018, 2019, uh, 2020. I mean, that's four straight. They didn't play last year. Ohio State won four straight from 2017 to 2020. They didn't play last year. Cincinnati, despite being in the American Athletic Conference, stuck in you know mid major purgatory. They are, I mean, they're in a lot better hands than many programs around the country. Speaking of conference championships, I got a topic. What's more important to you? Conference regular season championships or conference tournament championships? I'll touch on that next here on Locked On Bearcats. But first, I need to tell you about Run Your Pool. And if you haven't joined our Lock Dawn Podcast Network bracket challenge, you should. I joined this, I joined Thursday morning. March Madness is only nine days away. The first tournament game is 11 days away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual, or are you looking for the best? You see, we've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or PickX. Both are really fun in their own way. They have options that It's scoring. And they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness, magic, and play alongside your employees. Or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool in it because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. And there's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at the cash prize, join us at RunYourPool.com slash LockedOn. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and d- details will be available there. That's RunYourPool.com slash LockedOn for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. And perhaps you might need some fuel to your brain to think about how are you going to run your brackets? Well, this is the time of year where I usually give up on my New Year's resolutions. But there's an incentive this year because I'm doing my brackets and run your pool. I need fuel for my brain to think about who I'm going to pick to go to the final four. I might as well help myself by eating Bilt Bar. Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And have you tried the Puff's? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Built Bars are covered with that. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off of Built.com. You choose from mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And new for this month, or for February that was, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think of a flavor that might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Lockdown Bracket Breakdown March 14th right here on the Locked On Bearcats podcast feed and YouTube channel, college basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. You know, I'm under to them, but is really anybody nowadays a bracket expert? I think they are because they can tell you based on years past what to do. But the, the tournament, like, so many surprises come out every single year. Did you expect Oral Roberts to go to the Sweet 16 last year? No. Did you expect... Um, UCLA to go to the final four last year. See, you can pick your brackets and I do this too. You can pick your brackets based off of what's happened in past tournaments. And you think it's the greatest bracket ever, but then this team that you never thought would win does, or that team that you didn't think would lose in the first round or second round does at Ham Illinois last year against Loyola Chicago. And it's like, well, I should have picked them. It happens every year. So there, yes, there are bracket experts, but they can only go off of really what's happened in past tournaments. At the end of the day, my firm belief is you just don't know what's going to happen in the month of March. You just don't know. And by the way, there is no clear favorite to win the tournament this year. Gonzaga is very beatable. Arizona is beatable. Kentucky is beatable. Duke is beatable. Although they they haven't been showing that lately. So, in college basketball, there's conference regular season championships and conference tournament championships. And I remember, like, I think I've mentioned this on a previous show, I asked Mick Cronin in his final season at Cincinnati what matters more to him, conference regular season or conference tournament championships. And to me, in the American, they both matter. Because there's only so many teams that get in. But yet it's still a good enough conference where if you win the regular season, you have accomplished a great feat. Really in any conference. But to me, in the Power Five conferences, regular season titles matter more. Duke has won a handful of ACC tournaments since 2005-2006. And yet, this season was their first... Was it their first was their first regular season title outright since 2005-2006. Think about that for a minute. Duke Duke does not win. Duke has not won a lot of regular season titles recently. North Carolina won as one, I believe, six. I know three or seven, I think. Virginia's won a handful of them. Florida State won it, won it in 2020. Um, 2000, yeah, North Carolina, Virginia, and Florida State were putting regular season titles. Not Duke. It is amazing to me how how successful Duke is, and yet they haven't, and yet they don't win a lot of regular season titles, or haven't won a lot recently. But I believe regular season titles matter more in in the Power Five conferences, than they do in the conference than they do in the conference tournaments, because most of your teams, or most of your NCAA tournament teams, are coming from Power Five conferences. But think about the think about the national champions. Recently, Virginia, or I'm, I, actually, I might be contradicting myself here, but a lot of your national champions are regular season title winners. Roy Williams mentioned in his book, Hard Work, the first goal of every, the first goal of every season, win the regular season title. Or in his 2008, 2009 season. Um, the first goal that that team had, the two goals they had, win the regular season, win the national championship. They didn't mention the ACC tournament. Because your place in the conference tournament is determined by your place in the regular season. And winning a regular season title, I mean, that is a two-month grind. You're playing against opponents who are very familiar with you. You're you're coaching against coaches who are very familiar with you. And it comes down to doing the little things right. And conference tournaments are so crazy. If you win a conference tournament – you know that matters too, but winning a regular season title, I believe, holds a lot more value than winning the conference tournament title because a lot of teams from Power Five conferences are going to get in. I mean, there are teams who don't win their who don't win their regular season or don't win their conference tournament, and still and still make it far in the NCAA tournament. But the first goal of every – of every because you can say, well, our goal is to win the conference tournament. Well, that comes after the regular season. It should be to win a regular season title. Because there are so many teams from conferences that make the NCAA tournament. And the slog and the grind that you have to go through for two months to get there. Kansas won 14 straight Big 12 regular season titles. Do people really know how many conference tournaments they've won? In that span, off the top of my head, I don't think it was that many. North Carolina won numerous ACC regular season titles. They've only won one ACC tournament since 2008. The Big Ten. I mean, that is a slog to win that regular season title. They remember the teams that do win it, like Michigan State. Who's won a handful of them. It matters more to me to win a regular season title. When UC joins the Big Twelve, if you are able to win that regular season title, going through now conference tournaments do mean something too, because you are playing three games in three days, four games in four days, and the intensity of those games is off the charts. I understand that. But to go through, but to go through two months of turbulence, up and down roller coaster and you come out on top and you come out a champion, that should mean something. It should mean something. Because most times your Power 5 Conference Championship matchups are between two teams who are going to the NCAA tournament. So yeah, it matters who wins, but those teams get over it pretty quickly because they know they have a game to play in the conference tournament, in the NCAA tournament. Conference tournaments sometimes are just like a smaller NCAA tournament for schools, potentially. But every regular season game matters. You're building resumes. You're building um, your seedings. You're trying to enhance your seed line. So a Big 12 regular season title to me will matter more than a Big 12 tournament title. Just because of what you have to go through to win one. Conference tournaments come and go with the snap of a finger. That's not the case in the regular season. It's a grind. Winning a regular season title is a four-month reward for a four-month grind. Let's think about just think about that. Uh coming up since it is March 4th today, I've got my top four NCAA tournament games, teams, upsets, and plays slash moments since the mid-80s. That is all coming up on Lockdown Bearcats, but first. Excuse me, But first, a word from betonline.net. You see, football might be over for this season. But basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And once again, we thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this. March the 4th of 2022. So... So we've got um, top four games, teams, upsets, and moments. Play slash moments from the NCAA tournament. Um, going back to well, my screen just froze. This is not good. Anyway, oh there we go. For a moment, we were in a little bit of trouble. Um, so the NCAA tournament has been in 64 teams at least since 1985. So I've got my games, upsets, teams, play slash moments, top four since this March 4th, and the goal once you get to the NCAA tournament is to get to the final four. So without further ado, let's run through my list, and no particular order, by the way, I didn't rank these, top four games since the ninety-five NCAA tournament. Here we go. Speaking of 1985, let's go right there first. Villanova and Georgetown, one of the greatest games in the history of the NCAA tournament. Villanova, the number eight seed, beating the number one seed at Georgetown Hoyas, 66-64, to 64, a game that um, featured Villanova shooting 78% from the floor. It was Cinderella versus Giant. It was Raleigh Massimino and Villanova and John Thompson of Georgetown. Villanova was the eight seed. Georgetown was 35-1 and one coming in. Number uh, The second game on my list, the 2016 National Championship game, Villanova, North Carolina. You talk about um, a game with so much intensity. It was, in essence, Villanova, who had won a national championship since 1985, North Carolina, who seemingly was destined to play for a national championship and maybe win it, and then, of course, how it ended. Marcus Page hitting one of the most ridiculous shots in NCAA tournament history, only to be outdone by Chris Jenkins nailing a three at the buzzer to win Villanova's first national championship since uh, 1985, and ultimately, I believe, cemented Jay Wright as one of the elite coaches in the country. Kentucky Duke from 1992, no words needed. Two blue bloods, Rick Bettina versus Coach K, one of the most historic endings in college basketball history with Christian winning game-winning shot. Grant Hill with the pass. Duke goes on to win the national championship for the second straight year. And then 2019, Purdue, Virginia, one of the most intense games. It was, you know, just a really good brand of basketball from both sides. Carson Edwards with 42 points, 10 made threes. And then Virginia with one of the most well-executed jailbreak plays you'll ever see. Ty Jerome misses the free throw. Kihei Clark with the rebound uh, in the backcourt hustles after it. Passes ahead to Mamadi Diakite. The alertness of Kia Clark to pass ahead and Diakite to get the shot off in time to tie the game and send it to overtime, one of the wildest games. And, of course, Virginia, with the redemption story they had, went on to win the national championship that year. All right, let's go upsets. Top upsets since 1985. First up, UMBC over Virginia. No further words needed first time a 16 seed beats a one seed, and the everything about it, what you saw, what you remember, the anticipation and the thought that it could happen, and then before you knew it, it was going to happen. And then, of course, just the surrealness when it actually did happen that that dominant Virginia team did not even make it out of the first round of the NCAA tournament. You always dream about once you see something, what it's going to be like, and you saw the realities of it that day, or that night, I should say. Middle Tennessee State, Middle Tennessee over Michigan State. What an upset that was. Michigan State was a large consensus pick to win the national title that year. They had Denzel Valentine. They had Matt Costello. They had a really, really good team that year. And yet, and they had Tom Ezzo, who, I mean, had been to what, seven Final Fours by that point in his time at Michigan State. 99 two thousand 2001 2005 2009 2010 2015 yep seven and then they lose and they, from the jump they get t- they are, they they just are on the short end and just the you know the enormity of that upset now middle Tennessee I mean we've since come to know they're in conference usa it's not like they're in some scrub conference conference USA still produces some good teams hell North Texas won an NCAA tournament game last year uh, Lehigh over Duke. Now, that was the first time, I mean, yeah, Duke did lose to VCU in 2007, but Duke losing as a two c to Lehigh? Huh? Not to mention that game came, not, not to mention that game was played in Greensboro. And the enormity of seeing Duke lose in the first round of the tournament like that was pretty... Um, surreal to see. And then Northern Iowa over Kansas. The first upset I remember of a team losing, of a Cinderella, a a school you don't know much about, beating a Giant in the second round. This wasn't a first-round upset. This was a second round. This was, oh, they're going to the Sweet 16. Ali Manesh. And who can never forget Kevin Harlan's call. Oh, that. Excuse me. Those are my top four upsets. Let's go top four teams, and these are all really dominant teams. Uh, first up, the two thousand eight, two thousand nine North Carolina Tar Heels. That team was ranked number one coming into the season. We knew they all. We knew they could be really good that year. They finished thirty four and four. They won the national championship. They had so many great players on that team. Um, players who were drafted. Uh, in the first round alone, you had Tyler Hansborough, Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington. Second round, you had Danny Green. And then later on, you had Ed Davis and Tyler Zeller in the first round of that 2010 team. They were ranked number one in the AP poll for the first seven weeks of the season. They never dipped below number five. They were an utterly dominant team that year. Won the regular season title. Um and beat every team by double digits in the NCAA tournament. Next up from the ACC, the 2000-2001 Duke Blue Devils, also won every NCAA tournament game by 10-plus points. Ranked number one, uh, 35-4 and ACC tournament champions, regular season coach champions with North Carolina. Um, That Duke team, in terms of players who went to the NBA, my goodness, that team had players like Shane Battier, Carlos, Carlos Boozer, uh, Chris Duhon, Mike Dunleavy, so many. Jay Williams. Um, that was just an utterly, excuse me, dominant team. That blew the doors away of everybody. Um, the 2017-18 Villanova team. And that that team did take its lumps through the NCAA tournament or or through the regular season, excuse me. But they won uh, the Big East tournament. They didn't even finish. uh, They didn't even win their regular season title. But that Villanova team could shoot the living daylights out of anybody. Won all their NCAA tournament games by at least 10 points. In fact, at least 12 points. Look at some of the scoring margins they put up in the tournament that year, 87, 81, 90, 95, 79. That team was ranked um, number one at various points throughout the season. At one point, they were ranked number one for five straight weeks. They were ranked number one earlier in the season, and once they were awarded a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, they never looked back. That team had players uh, including Jalen Brunson, Colin Gillespie, Eric Pascal, Dante Divincenzo, the Final foremost outstanding player, Omari Spellman, who's gone on to play in the NBA, Demir Cosby, Roundtree, Jermaine Samuels, so many great players, and then finally the 2011-2012 Kentucky Wildcats, a team that only a team that only lost twice prior to the NCAA tournament. One of those games was to Vanderbilt in the SEC Championship of the tournament. Went 16-0 in conference play, had the National Player of the Year. And Anthony Davis had Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, uh, had Terrence Jones, had Darius Miller. I mean, they won every game in the NCAA tournament. Their first four games by um, double digits scored 102 against Indiana, beat their arch rivals Louisville in the final four, and then beat Kansas to win the national championship. They were ranked number one in the AP poll every single week, starting in week eleven. Never dipped below number three. How's that for you? Top four plays moments. Uh, first up on my list, Jalen Suggs' buzzer beater last year. Just the, you always dream about it if you see a game end like that, but that came from nowhere. And Jalen Suggs was a high-profile player on a team that was undefeated, and you talk about maintaining a perfect season in a shootout. You know, so often we've seen great teams Roads end at the national semifinals. Not that one. Chris Jenkins buzzer beater to win the national championship. Again, you always dream about dream about seeing a moment like that. You saw it that day. And when something like that happens, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is what I've always dreamed about seeing. And you see it, and it's more surreal than you ever thought. Christian Laidner. I mean, that moment's etched in college basketball lore. And the fact that it came in a game featuring Kentucky and Duke. R.J. Hunter. Georgia State beating Baylor in the first round of the NCAA tournament in 2015. And his his father, Rod Hunter, who was the head coach of Georgia State at the time, falling off his stool. And you talk about, you know, the emotions at the post-game press conference, father, son, what a moment that was. What a week it's been here on Lockdown Bearcats. That's going to do it for us. More on spring practice results from the combine this week. Um. Next week on Lockdown Bearcats, of course, AAC tournament, numerous other conference tournaments in play. We'll get to all of that. As always, you can follow me on inst- follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. And you can also email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. That's all lowercase, Alex3Frank at, at gmail.com. And thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first Listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And to all of you, a great weekend. Uh, Stay healthy, stay safe, stay positive, test negative. And until I talk to you all Monday, have a great weekend. I'm Alex Frank for Locked on Bearcats.